You are listening to Bad Bitch Hysteria Radio. Welcome, everyone. Happy hump day. It's cold outside. It's disgusting outside. (laughs) It's winter time. Hey, land party. Welcome to Poppin' Off Pink. I'm your co-host, Chi-Chi. I'm Junie Mars. It's Kimber. Here today. And we're super excited because today is um, one for the books. We're going to talk about some game changers in hip-hop. But before we get to that... We're going to remind you that we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash badbitchhysteria. We know it's the holidays, so give a dollar (laughs) or two. Nothing crazy. Um, Let's just talk. Let's recap what happened in episode six, which got a lot of feedback on uh, laid edges. We talked about the power of influence covered um, off on Rihanna, Cardi B, Kiara Love. And we talked, we spilt some tea on ourselves. Yep. We talked about when we were kind of like the bad girl in someone's story. Confessions. Yeah. So if you missed, (laughs) if you missed episode six, uh, you definitely need to check that out. Seriously. Get your lives together, people. Yes. You have dreams, don't you? You know what it means (laughs) to want people to support your dreams. So we first want to start off on a bit of a serious note um, and give a shout out to Diddy um, and both the Combs, uh, Porter and Brown families for that matter. Um, Literally the day after we taped episode six, um, some very sad news in the hip hop community that um, Kim Porter, who was 47 years old, it just seemed like suddenly um, passed away. they're still determining cause of death, but she left behind um, four children, the oldest of which is 27. Uh, Quincy, who's making a name for himself, um, I think on a show called Star. Um, King Combs, a.k.a. Christian, 20, and then two um, very young twin girls, Delilah and Jesse. Um, and so, you know, the funeral was held over the weekend. Can only imagine what Thanksgiving must have been like um, for that family. And it was interesting just, you know, I've seen it remarked over and over again. People were like, I've seen people that are more well-known than Kim Porter that didn't get the outpouring of tributes and support from the entertainment, hip-hop community. And everyone, you know, had really great things to say and memories and things like that. Um, And I think when Beyonce... (laughs) posted some tributes post to uh, Kim, a lot of her fans were just completely lost. Some people thought she posted herself. It was like a throwback childhood photo Ugh. of Kim. They're like, is that you? Leave it, it was to just the like beehive. they were so lost. Leave and other people beehive. were just like, who is she? We have no idea who this is. And I'm Y'all like, so oh my stupid. God. And then, you know, we posted some things that apparently a lot of people didn't know, which was, um, if you're familiar with Jodeci, um, the song Forever My Lady was written for Kim by Al B. Shore. They have a child together. 
And if you've seen the movie Drumline, I mean, unless you're under the age of 15, I don't know how you haven't, but (laughs) that was based on Dallas Austin's life. And he grew up in the same um, town, Columbus, Georgia, with Kim Porter. And Zoe Saldana's role was written for him. Nick Cannon's role was written for for her and Nick Cannon's role was written for him. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just probably the best thing Nick Cannon's ever done with his life. And that's it. That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Again, speaking on what I know, who knows all the implications? But Janelle Monet spoke about, you know, um, Kim started a group called Three Brown Girls in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they would have these like, I don't want to call them open mics because it was not an open mic. Like you could just walk up off the street. Um, but it was for the music community. And that's how Janelle Monet was discovered. So she mm-hmm. had a very touching tribute to Kim. So it's funny because I know I think it was on episode one or two we talked about women in hip-hop doesn't just mean it's not limited to female MCs at all at all especially yeah. with you know the wives the girlfriends the reality shows and producers you got Deb Antony people like that like Deb. women in hip-hop is a really diverse culture and group of in itself of hip-hop so definitely again to Kim Porter um Rest in peace. I feel like I did all the talking on that. What do you guys have to add to? I mean, I just, you know, like, what do you say when people pass? Like, all I can offer is my condolences, you know? Um, I remember much, like, like way, way, way back in my life, like, there was some mention of her. Um, and I think that was just pretty much either when she was either with Diddy or mm-hmm. leaving Diddy. Um, And then she kind of just regressed, you know, like didn't really hear anything about her from that point on. And I think that's why um, her death has the impact that it does, because it's like you kind of just forgot about her. And um, then it's just like, you know, suddenly she passes away and everyone's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, um, like there's nothing I can really say about it other than it's it's a sad story. And I think it's really mysterious that the cause hasn't been pinpointed yet. Mm. And I can't help but wonder if that's because, you know, she's a mother and there are certain things that they may not want people to know. Um, You know, it's just very, very strange and very just another weird celebrity death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very sudden. Sort of out of nowhere. She had pneumonia. That's the thing. I kept hearing flu and pneumonia symptoms. And then the person, whoever called 911 reported cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. So you have like flu, pneumonia, cardiac arrest, but then no cause of death. That was deferred until they get the blood work, toxicology. And then going back to something we had discussed a couple episodes ago, um, someone had reported that she was expressing that she was having like discomfort and pains and like flu-like symptoms and she was being ignored Mm. by doctors. So I don't know, like, I don't know what it could be, but all the same, it doesn't make it any less sad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just send love to all of her children because, Mm -hmm. you know, family is your foundation. Yes. And so... I just send them so much love and strength and empowerment. I hope that with Diddy still in their lives, you know, they, they have that support that they need. Yeah. I mean, I thought about obviously the youngest girls the yeah. most um, and even her 20 year old son. Um, the 
you're right. Like for me, I heard her name or seen her before mm-hmm. and it kind of, then I kind of forgot. But then when I watched the movie a few years ago that came out called Dope, Quincy was in it and oh. his character was hilarious. And so that led me to follow him on Instagram. And I noticed he just always doted on his mother. Mm-hmm. So I knew she had the other kids, but the first person that came to mind was Quincy because it seemed like they had a particularly close relationship. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest. Um, but it was nice to see Diddy and Albie Shore come together because at one point, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was some, you know, kind of territory issues because Diddy had adopted him, but Alice is biological dad so it was nice and they acknowledged that you know mm. that they had come to a place of peace um so I, that was really good to see mm, so yeah um let's get rid of this sadness i know i was gonna say <laughs> so you know again we're talking about game changers and it's interesting we just kind of covered Kim Porter and the next person we want to talk about sister soldier actually has a connection to Diddy, believe it or not. Um, at one point, we know her as obviously a badass in a lot of different ways. She was mm-hmm. an MC, definitely militant or thought to be militant at the time. I think a lot of her ideas now are more mainstream because yeah. we've been more vocal um, as a community about like our worth and, and our power, our voting power, our economic power. She was talking about that back in the late time. 80s and everybody yes. was like, what? What the heck? Be quiet. Radical, yeah. You know, but she was actually um, she was the executive director of Daddy's House. I don't know if it's still around. It was a social program, the nonprofit for Bad Boy, Um, and a lot of those, a lot of that programming was both educational and cultural, and done with um, partnership in Columbia University. Mm -hmm. She was actually um, educated at Rutgers and did some programming um, at Cornell world traveler to say the least so this was not someone just like blowing steam like she's extremely well-rounded from to my knowledge the only female member of public enemy Mm. and you know public enemy um and then of course you know as a teenager i read coldest winter ever yes it took me a minute to realize at that age that this was the same woman who was like the militant black voice i am african i am woman i am power um so to me it just really shows the range of her brilliance that she could write in such detail about you know winter's experience the sexual experience the you know having to learn how to survive her prison experience like that's just amazing to me yeah i just know her for um writing books that i had no business reading (laughs) at the age that i was when i became aware of her but um yeah she was out here doing the damn thing as far as i'm concerned yeah i was waiting for that movie to come out okay because yes. I is remember, it going to be a Tyler Perry movie? Because I feel like <laughs> it has no not. choice but to be. <laughs> no, it's not going to be. Not like with her Lions and like Gate Jada production. Pinkett doing yeah. the production. I don't see that. Mm. It was supposed to be HBO. It was supposed to be, and then she she bought her rights back, right? Because, because they took too long. They changed. They changed. Yeah, yeah. HBO plays too many games. Yeah. But I remember The Coldest Winter Ever really changed my life. I was like so... I didn't like to read that much growing up. But I remember someone... I don't know how I heard about the book. 
But somehow I picked up a copy and I could not stop reading it. <laughs> right. I read it for like three days straight. I think my mom was like, are you going to eat? Are you okay? <laughs> it was so well written. It was so, it was such a good story, mm-hmm. you know? And I think now she has like four at least books in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, a book called, oh my goodness. Well, whatever the book was called, I'll find it in a minute. Deeper Love Inside. Um, that book, which came out a few years ago, Will Smith actually hosted her launch party, which I was like, wow, amazing. Mm-hmm. So she has a very close, I mentioned Jada earlier. She has a very close relationship, her and her family and her husband mm-hmm. um, with both Will and Jada. Um, but like you said, they bought the rights back um, from HBO. So it's kind of just been, you know, in process. And I think yeah. she mentioned something like, you know, some really great films take, take years, 15, 20 years. 20 years to be made. So I I will wait because I want to make sure that when it's done, it's done right. Um, but one thing I want to go back to from when she was an active fem- MC or female MC, um, she actually coined a name for herself. She referred to herself as a raptivist. (laughs) And she's very, she was very cognizant about how blacks are portrayed in the media. And I feel like we've definitely talked about that a lot. Um, Specifically black women, you know, an organization I'm a part of, Ween, is very much hyper-focused on how black women are portrayed in the media. It just, from all accounts, it just seems like Sister Soldier was way, way ahead of her time. And I don't want to say was because... I think she got on somebody in an interview that said she was on hiatus. She's never on hiatus. <laughs> she's always teaching, um, sharing. I don't know what she's doing at this moment, but super um, active. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her. I like that she's um, that she came from the hood and now she's like amongst the old school es- upper echelon mm-hmm. of the hip hop industry. I think that's really dope. I think her progression is really dope. I like that. You know. In a way, she was somewhat destined to be in a higher place because it's like to come from the project and just go straight to school and traveling. Um, yeah, she's definitely one of a kind, for sure. She came to um, speak at my college when I was like a senior, a junior. Mm-hmm. And um, she came to our house for students of color to like just meet with us and talk to us. And she was super humble. You know, I just remember sitting next to her and being like, I love your book. Like, you know, I read it so much in high school. And, you know, she was just really chill, but Mm -hmm. very knowledgeable, you know, humble soul. And and that's what I really appreciate about her. Like, you can tell she really has a lot going for her. She Mm -hmm. has a lot of knowledge and capability. But when you meet her, she's just like very chill. Yeah. What's her sign? That's a good question. Oh, that I Someone don't know. Google her sign. Google it. <laughs> well, while you're Googling her sign, I want to bring up something she said in her interview with Sway. She said most men are afraid of her. Would make sense. Oh, yeah. A lot of men like, you know, stupid, quiet, easygoing women mm-hmm. that don't really stir up. Like she got acknowledgement from Bill Clinton. Oh I yes, feel like thank you for reminding would be me. Intimidated by someone like that. Not exactly a nice acknowledgement. But all the same, <laughs> like you know, the president at the time made it a point to acknowledge your opinions. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, no matter who your political, whatever your political leanings, I've always found it fascinating. To your point, how we just roll over. anything Clinton and all this shit is documented you know the super predator comments Bill 
kind of going in on um, Sister Soldier, like mm-hmm. the three strikes are out legislation, the same legislation that Jay-Z so eloquently has written um, articles for and then he campaigned for Hillary. I just find it very Jay-Z interesting. Jay-Z is really annoying. <laughs> I just don't. I'm like, you realize that you're you're going for the same person that people like the policies so are connected woke. to the same group People can only be so woke and these celebrities that don't have to like deal with the effects of the exactly. system we live in head on will never understand it so if you want to sit around and endorse a white owl that says she carries hot sauce in her bag that's on you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've always said, if service. you're going to vote, be informed. We're going to have to get back to y'all on Sister Soldier. But the next person I want to talk <laughs> about, believe it or not, they are connected. She's a Virgo, because okay. I remember from, from checking her out last night. Corinne Steffens. It makes so much sense that she's a... I want to just shout out Hip Hop Biggest Fan. What did he say? He said, weak ass suckers are afraid of strong women. Amen. <laughs> Nothing is more attractive to secure men than a super solid woman. That is quite right. So shout out to Hip Hop Biggest Fan. And also shout out to Sister Soldier's um, husband, because clearly he can he, handle he, it. He can see yeah, the diamond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Corinne Stephens. If you're wondering, like, how the hell are they connected? Well, part of the work that... um, Aside from her frequenting parties that they were probably at. Sure. Well, she was interviewed by Chuck D, believe it or not, when he was on radio um, at the same time as Wendy Williams. And that's really not what I wanted to focus on, though. Like, Sister Soldiers, a lot of her work is with victims of sexual abuse, physical Mm -hmm. abuse, trauma, childhood trauma and abuse and um, whatever you think of Corinne, a.k.a. Superhead, she's been very open about her upbringing, her childhood. Um, She didn't have a solid foundation. Her mom, you know, had several children. They're all different dads. Mm -hmm. Like she said, some of the dads, they weren't sure who the dad was. Mm -hmm. Um, She was raped at age 13. Yes. She ran away at age 16. And even one of the interviews, I can't remember who she was very open about. She said, yeah, I wish my mom would have kind of had it together. I don't know what the age difference is, but I got the impression that her mom was a young mom. And so she was like, if she had been ready, she said something to that effect. She would have taught me better. Yeah. So she just kind of ran away to make a way for herself (laughs) and, you know, just kind of kept running. You know, mm-hmm. and she ended up with Cool G Rap. Uh, if oh, you guys aren't boy. familiar with Cool G Rap. I read the book. Yeah, I, I, I do some go- do your Googles. Um, old school, old school hip hop. They have a son together, her only child, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Um, and that, uh, according to her, that relationship was both, you know, just kind of turned very tumultuous and then it he turned cracked abusive. cracked her ribs. Yeah. Like he, he stomped her rib out and she wow. ended up in the hospital. Yeah, so part of, believe it or not, when she just blew the game open with her book that sold over a million copies, um, Confession, another author. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's another way they're connected. Confessions of a Video Vixen. Um, a part of the proceeds actually goes to every time there's a book sold to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, nice. The book peaked at number five on the bestsellers. And at some point, Back in 08, she actually started her own uh, publishing company. 
been on Oprah, you know, obviously appeared in a lot of <laughs> videos. I think her first one was Jay-Z's Poppy uh, back in 91. But just my own personal, just from memory, I just remember when the book came out, we didn't have the internet. The internet was radio, like whatever the big radio stations were at the time. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? First thing, I, I didn't know who she was, but I was like, whoever this chick is, like she needs to be worried about her safety. That was just not something... Now we wouldn't blink, right? Yeah. But back then, that was just not something that had ever been done yeah. or that you did. No one exposed anybody. Yeah, and she was uh, naming names in a lot of cases. In some cases, she was more like, oh, at a big record company, I walked in on this or what have mm-hmm. you. But it was like insane. Yeah. And we wouldn't, you know, whether you're a fan or not, like Amber fan. Rose, we wouldn't have Amber Rose if it wasn't for Corinne Stephens. If it wasn't for Kanye West. Because there's no amount of <laughs> there's no amount of slut shaming that anyone now could endure versus what she went through back then. True. True. Like I went back and, and looked at the old interviews. Like she yeah. was completely dragged through the mud. Whereas now you kind of have a debate. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more 50-50. Some people are in this camp. Back then it was just like, no. Right. No, absolutely not. I remember um, like this past summer, like I love to watch. I have like guilty pleasures. Like I love to watch cops, even cops. though I know like I know I know <laughs> everyone <laughs> hates the NYPD right now. But I love cops. Why do you I, love cops? It's just interesting <laughs> to watch like the takedown. Yeah, I love when they chase them. I, I'm done. I'm not going to get into it, but I like cops. I like hoarders. I like watching intervention. I love shit like that. (laughs) So after I'd watched every episode of everything I've mentioned, I watched um, this like video vixen documentary and the girls are talking about what's going on. And this is like a couple years after I had actually read the confessions of a video vixen Mm -hmm. book. And I remember seeing, um, Corinne in the mystical music video looking amazing and she's gorgeous yeah she's stunning and you know in the interview she talked about like they mentioned her because she was like such a firecracker at all the video shoots she was always the one shining you know and then they touched on the book and like a lot of rappers and a lot of video girls are like you don't do that you know you're not supposed to talk about that so like they obviously breaking and making rules right Pretty much. I mean, again, we all have a lane. Mm -hmm. I feel like where you could do that. It just takes a lot of, I know she's a girl, but it takes a lot of balls because it was an industry. It still is an industry to an extent, but video vixens in the 90s and the 2000s was an industry that a a lot of people wanted to be a part of. And she was just like, fuck that. This is what I'm doing. No, I know. Yeah, that's the rule, but I'm not. I'm not listening to that. No, 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 no. I'm making new rules. I'm writing mm-hmm. this book. I'm doing this. That was bold. I'm going to still come back and get money from these guys that I wrote about in the book. And you know what's funny? She said that a lot of the folks that she, she's like, I could have said more. So believe it or not, some of the people I wrote about were actually happy for me when I put the book out yeah. because they were kind of relieved that she didn't reveal more. So yeah. she really just mm. was. She's I've a game changer. Heard, yeah, like I've heard Lil Wayne speak in support of Weezy. her. He loves her. <laughs> Um, I think she just outsmarted everyone and everyone's upset about it. Like after years and years of being in the trenches and just letting people do whatever and get away with whatever, you know, it's good that 
she was able to make a profitable decision, live her life and show herself to be more than, you know, ass and titties like she has a brain, too. I think she's great. I mean, I think it's great that she wrote that book and she was confident enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not slacking on any confidence over there. She even dragged Bill Maher, like, and Bill Maher drags everybody. So that was pretty, pretty crazy. Well, she compared her, she has compared herself to um, Cleopatra from a standpoint of power. Um, and I she's, can see that. She's defined that as, Sexual prowess being a part of it, but not the end all be all. Of Damn it. right. And, you know, for I know some grandmas that are huge fans of Superhead. Oh, I want God. I want to know what you guys think about this quote. <laughs> um, there's so many quotes I could have pulled, but pull this one. She said judgment from other sinners is invalid. Damn mm. right. A negative cancels out a negative. End mm. of story. That's it. So I think, you know, we've all heard, you know, in whatever context that, you know, women have this sexual power or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Corinne has a lot of it. Um, I think it was very interesting that she both acknowledged that and said, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's not the end all be all of it. I'm going to take that as something in my toolbox. Right. And really bust everything open as far mm-hmm. as like my opportunities, my money, my name, like. You, she she will forever be a topic of discussion because Absolutely. of what she did. She's and even, immortalized now. Yeah, even the name Superhead came from. They say a Jada Kiss song, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with her. She didn't meet Jada until years later. Who cares what Jada Kiss says? <laughs> I don't. We have questions from a viewer. Who are your top five rappers? And who's a better rapper than oh, Cardi or Nicki? Lord. Who wants to take who wants to oh, take wait, what? Who's a better rapper, Cardi or Nicki? Oh, Cardi okay. or Nicki. Cardi B is not a rapper. I'll start there. Okay. She's not a rapper. She is a pop star that can deliver lyrics and gimmicks that have been prepared for her. Um, Nicki Minaj, I y'all know how I feel about that. As far as I'm concerned, Safari wrote a great deal of her lyrics. Safari fostered he her flow. <laughs> that was he's I don't know. I feel like he's still under her thumb. Absolutely not. Uh, if you watch I, his movements, absolutely not. He's I done just, everything to go against her. I I don't know. Like, you know, he has like the lawsuit going on. We don't know the details of that in its entirety. Who knows? But I don't think either of them are rappers um and i don't have a top five (laughs) i love freddie gibbs gangsta gibbs i love him um baby mother i'm like obsessed with her right now she just dropped mother's day three and it's everything mother's day three it's like my chocolate ice cream after a long day and of course i love kanye west even though like a strong 99.9% of the world isn't fucking with him right now. <laughs> and I really like Danny Brown. So I guess I gave you Is like that four. four? Okay. Five. All right. I'll take five. the top five. Um, here's the thing before I get into that. It's a lot of folks in hip hop that I just enjoy their work or I have certain memories attached yeah. to their work. But to me, what would how you make it into my top five is I keep returning. I return to your new music 
and I return to the classics Classic. or your old music. So um, Nas and Tupac are up there along with Biggie. I know that's very cliche. Um, so Nas those are the annoying. those are the well, you you know you have to separate the art from the person. So if I don't, I can't speak on him person wise, but the body of work I keep returning to. There's certain songs that haunt me, and even you know some of his newer stuff that he did both with Kanye and um, mm-hmm. with Swizz recently. Like, I just, there's just an energy that comes with his rhyming, his style. And I could be anywhere and I can picture what he's saying. I'm all, I'm in the vibe. It's almost like listening to Nas is like watching a movie. Very illustrative. That oh, is yeah. true though. That is very true about Nas. With Tupac, yeah. it's the raw emotion, again, energy, but it's that emotion. I, I mean, I know he's a Gemini, but I feel like he must have some type of water rising or moon sign because <laughs> it's so raw it's like you don't even know what he's talking about you could just hear the cadence of his voice and never know what the words are and you know if it's a sad song if it's a fuck the world song if it's mama i love you song like i love that and biggie is just like biggie like i don't it's even biggie. know what to say it's like everybody biggie wanted to be at that party and those videos you know there's just a lot it's like a combination of those two Oh, God, I got to round it out with two more. Mm-hmm. It's Buster hard. Rhymes is dope. It's hard. I must me. say, hmm, definitely Missy because I feel like Missy, she yes, just broke a, a lot one. of molds, not just with her music. Like, I feel like people downplay her music because of the visual, but just everything. And Missy can sing also. She's very mm-hmm. talented. And she's written for, I mean, we talked about this on the last episode, by the way. She was... um you know, recognized um, in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which in the first and only woman in hip hop to be recognized for that. So I'd say Missy, fifth one. I'm going to just say just based on, again, the music I return to, I don't feel like he's the strongest rapper per se, but from an artist standpoint and just somebody I automatically usually relate to. <laughs> again, I'm talking about in the total, the totality mm-hmm. of his body of work, Kanye West, because yes, Lord. there's so many, every album is a different vibe. You know, if I'm working out or I'm just like, I just want to rock out and I don't necessarily want to listen to Nevada that day, I can put on Yeezus, you know. It took me a long time to really <laughs> finally get into the whole 808s because I'm not really into like, you know, the heartbreak stuff. But I, rich, I eventually connected to that. Obviously, my dark, my, Dark Twisted Fantasy was a favorite. The first two albums were favorites. And I will never stop listening to those first two albums on top of everything. else. And there's just like cultural references. You know, it's not even my favorite song. But every now and then, you know, Gold Digger comes up just because it's funny or the Luther Vandross song comes up. And I grew up. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I was actually, believe it or not, y'all, I was introduced to Twister by my grandmother. Oh, yeah! Shout out to my grandmother. She came, my grandmother is very active in the community in Chicago. Like she has several um, commendations from every mayor since Harold Washington and probably before. And she came home one day and she was like, yeah, I met some rapper. Um, His name is Tongue Twister. And I was like, okay, oh. and she's like, no, I'm telling you, he can rap really fast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, And then later he became Twister. Wow. So I, because of her, I looked into part. Tongue Twister and who became Twister. Part, and no. Kanye's had some, in my opinion, some really dope collaborations with Twister. Um, I was home, by the way. Just want to shout out Chicago. I had an amazing time. Um, I'll share a real quick story with (laughs) y'all. 
my uncle can't see and he's waiting to get cataract surgery. This is my mm. grandmother's brother. Mm-hmm. And my grandma um, is having some problems with speech. So she has to start writing a lot of things. Oh. So he was waiting on her to come to his house. I'm sitting there laughing with him. He's telling me stories because my uncle used to sing also in a band. And he traveled overseas when he was in the military. And I started naming old school people. I'm like, Millie Jacks. He's like, yeah, that's my... And I'm opening his record collection. And I was like, Frankie Lyman. He can't, I can't stand that motherfucker. I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. So then she shows up and then she's trying to... He's like, what a pair we make. You can't really talk that well right now. And you're writing something. I haven't had my cataract surgery, so I can't read what the fuck you're writing. And oh I just died. God. I'm like, this is why I love my me and I love my family because I grew up under him and her and you know they're older they're both in their 80s now Mm -hmm. and just shout out to them because i'm like y'all just and still we know how to and that's a chicago thing too like we're funny (laughs) you're gonna get cracked on you better get a thick skin and know how to crack back and i just thought that was hilarious so Shout out to Sherry Lola. She says we classy. Hey, girl. And we special. (laughs) Johnny Go Figure just joined. Shout out to Johnny. My heart and soul. Always supporting me. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful, though. She's like, that's so awesome, right? Sometimes you aren't with your family for a little while. You go back and you're like, you know what? This is why I love my family. <laughs> and it just reminds you of who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yes. But you you don't realize how much you take from them. Do you ever have moments where you're like, I am my mom or I oh. am my dad? I have or, I am my dad like all the time. You know, like you do something. I'm my grandma and my grandpa. You, you're, you're, exact, <laughs> you're doing an exact action of someone that you grew up around. Yes. Yeah. And Even the way like, I eat, everybody's like, oh God, you're going to literally turn into our grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's How still like working out. She's the only one. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of y'all gonna hear some stuff. <sighs> we had Come the traditional on. Thanksgiving, and they knew not to bring it near me. Cause two different houses I left that day. As I'm walking out, they're like, "Yeah, so cousin Otis is gonna bring over some pig feet and chitlins." And I'm like, "Y'all." Ooh. And my my kids were like, "What? The sinners? What are chitlins?" I was like, "They're." pig intestines and they were like why would someone eat i'm like we're not because get into they're that. poor we're not gonna get and into you gotta that. use every single piece of that pig that's but that's all it. we were given mm-hmm. and it's just and not something i eat but mm-hmm. they did make me try it when i was younger it's like on one hand it's like a source of pride because that's all we were given mm-hmm. and we were like we're gonna hook this shit up and right. make it taste Spice good it now up. we know that it's not good for us but you know Mind you, these are people well into their 80s. So they got the magic sauce, you know, as far as longevity is concerned, Mm -hmm. because they're not sitting around eating celery. But to your point, yeah, my grandmother was the only one I would say out of that generation from my family that was like, always eat a starch and a green and a meat don't like just load up on mm. starch and she was always stuck that in her head like, oh, that's hard she's okay. like before you even if you go eat some you know sausage make sure you eat a piece of fruit because it's good it lines your stomach and it protects mm. against cancer and I'm like Secrets. she's a nurse by trade also oh, okay. yeah, so yeah, so yeah. She knows. Oh, I yeah. had a vegan Thanksgiving and I was happy because it made me gassy did you have, to- <laughs> did you have tofurkey <laughs> I had uh, vegan steak Shout out to Eitel Kitchen. It was beautifully <laughs> prepared. Like, like everything was served course by course. Like, you know, they cooked as we ate. It was amazing. But I was hella gassy the next day. So, like, what was in the steak? 
Like what made it? I think like soy or something. It was soy. It was like vegan Seaweed, magic. Soy. You know, fairy dust, rainwater. Dr. Zay said his top five are DMC from Run DMC. Hell yeah. Tupac. Okay. Eminem. If I. Wait. If. Oh, LL sorry. Cool LL. J. I'm sorry. I can't read. LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. Ice Cube for sure. And Jay Z would be my sixth man. Yeah. Jay Z is my sixth man too. It took me a while to warm up to him. <sighs> oh. I'm, you know why? Because I was in the West Coast, East Coast battle, and I was like, oh, I'm Team Tupac. So it took me a long time to even start listening to Jay-Z. But so once I became an adult, I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tupac is just, he's so fun. That's all I think about every time I see him. Did you Did you both see All Eyes on Me? No, oh, I heard it I was trash though. It. Yeah, I when I started trash. hearing the behind the scenes stuff, I was like, I can't support that. Yeah. I saw it. You know it what turned good. me? I was gonna see it. You can thank Jada Pinkett Smith because when she went on her rant, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna support this with I my dollars. If it comes on like maybe Netflix on or bounce. something. Yeah, I saw <laughs> it on Netflix. Did you see bounce it? Channel. Yeah, I don't know if it's still there. What did you think? I thought it was. I thought it was good oh. in the wait, <laughs> wait, in the sense that okay, you're so positive here. Listen, 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 right wh- listen. Why I'm gonna say it was good? <laughs> I think it's really important for Black lives to be celebrated. Yeah. Okay? okay. We see so many movies about white people all the time, or slave mm-hmm. movies, or if it's not right, or if it is about <laughs> us, it's the Negro Slaves in the cabinet that knew how to do calculus. Like I'm. So- <laughs> I'm over that. I'm over it. I'm so tired of that narrative. (laughs) So the reason (laughs) that I wanted to see it was because I wanted to support, you know, this black cinema. This, Yeah, black cinema, honey. I want to support it. But if somebody make a movie about me, please be accurate. Yeah. I I want it to be as glamorized as possible. (laughs) Who do you want to play? (laughs) That's a good um, question. Oh, my God. I guess someone with eyes as big as mine. I guess that could work. But I don't know. Because, like, by the time a movie would be made about me, the people I would elect now would be too old. I know. We're but just having it, fun. But if now, like, someone could We're play you, who silly. would it be? Yeah. Um, Vivica Fox, like, 20 Ooh. years ago. 20 okay. years ago. Or, um, of course, Hallie. Because she's just, like, fucking amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And probably Amber Rose, just because I know on camera. That's what I would say for you, Amber Rose. Oh I can see that. I can see that. Amber. Yeah. <laughs> do my movie. Junie, yeah. who would play you? Yeah. Who would play me? <laughs> no, I'm I thinking. I'll, yeah. I'll who are you thinking? Tell the me, first person know. that popped in my head was Janelle Monae. I, I can, can see, see that. that. That's a good I one. See that that's for a good you. one. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, will, I will take that. And yeah, about- and she would be able to like yeah. act and like really deliver. I love, yeah, I love Janelle Monae, Dirty Computer, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see all that? No, I just I've been living <laughs> under a rock. Just oh, you being know a I'm under cat. a rock. Oh well, it's like it's like her full album, but it's in a series of videos, so it's really good. oh, oh so like a visual. visual. Yes, nice, love okay. it. Yeah, who would play Chi Chi? Definitely like, um, <laughs> definitely like Angela Bassett or Angela Bassett. Violetta Davis. <laughs> like, no, one of the two. I feel those like people play my mom, not me. They're like 60 years old. Well, um, who? Oh. 
Yeah, I don't know. Who would you like to play you? Well, she's deceased. Um, but for a very long time, people told me that they thought I looked like Left Eye. And I was left eye for like Halloween once in, in well, high school. Well, I feel school. like left eye is like crazier than you. <laughs> mm. Like I feel like she's a little she bit more me. rambunctious. Mm. Like mm. When I, the reason why I said Violetta and Angela isn't because of their age, even though they both look damn good for their age. Oh, Viola and David. It's because yeah. they both have both like that energy that you have, like that kind of strength mm. and like intensity <laughs> and drive. I feel like they'd be able to depict awesome, you. Max. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, they're both. Um, I would. I love both of them. Definitely both game changers. I do want to talk about again the effect. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, thank you. What's the Cardi B effect? what has been because we're rounding out the year you know you know we're gonna do our holiday shout outs later but as we We look back do a list of who needs to stay in 2018 who and what (laughs) needs to stay in 2018 we need to banish some people well i mean somebody asked a question on our live earlier about like who we thought was a better rapper but cardi herself said that she's an entertainer who rap right she's not a rapper so she herself has said that I'm and she also she said, I want to tell you guys a quote she had. <clears throat> I have mixed feelings about this quote. I'm going to just say it before I read it, but I'm not going to read it in her voice. Read it in her voice. <laughs> yeah, do it. I want to hear. Just be careful with your jaw. Oh, Make God. Make sure it doesn't unhinge. You got to follow the trends. It is what it is. At the end of the day, you need to, you need to be with what sells. Oh, my God. That's what Cardi said. Yeah, I mean, stop I'm not surprised, you know, she caters to a relatively basic audience. Take it however you want to take it. You know, she caters to a basic audience and a great deal of that audience always wants to be on trend with what's going on, is afraid to explore their individuality. So I'm not terribly shocked say that, that she would say you something You said is like afraid that. to explore their individuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very because interesting. That's a good like observation. She basically mm-hmm. panders to those kids in high school and junior high that always wanted to be fucking cool. So they would go along with whatever and have no idea what they really like or who they really are and end up doing fuck shit and creating chaos in other people's lives. Um, but the Cardi effect to me is a basic effect um, where everyone feels like They can keep being ratchet. They can keep being loud. They don't have to learn how to read or write. They can say things like footages and be cute. And that's just (laughs) it. And they can make millions. Like, it's not okay, but it is what it is. Like, she's pretty much like the greenhouse effect. Like, she's pretty much like just she's got to be responsible for destroying the ozone layer at this point. Oh, my God. I think that what's what she said, the quote that you just read. It's interesting that she's aware of what she's doing. Like, she's Mm -hmm. fully aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, she's just playing into where the money is. Mm -hmm. And she's not really about the artistry. I think she opened up about the fact that she knows that there's music that she would like to do. Right. But she thinks that won't make her money. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to do that music. And I think for artists, that's a choice you constantly have to make is... Do I do the music that I actually want to do and right. just, you know, be true to my art? Or do I kind of go for what's, like Cameron was saying, what's trendy right now? Right. Yeah. 
And that's why I'm so grateful for artists like Frank Ocean. Like I love Frank Ocean. Everybody yes. does, but then everyone has like that kind of that supply and demand thing. Like with artists, artists don't really like supply. That's more of a record label's job to supply the demand. But like people tend to get those lines blurred as listeners. So if Frank Ocean wants to wait another 10 fucking years before he drops an EP or a single, like we would just have to deal with it because he's someone that's not going to compromise the quality mm. and what he wants to be remembered for. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people will sell out with no problem. Mm. Yeah, so it depends on your goals and how you shift those goals. I mean, maybe if you're kind of starting out and you, you know, you really blow up. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a lot of investments. So to your point, I can take my time mm -hmm. with my next project and do what I want to do. Whereas if you're just kind of riding the wave and, you know, it's like, oh, I blew up. I got to do the next big thing, the right. next big thing, yeah. the next big mm -hmm. thing. Then you tend to have to compromise more. Right. Like, I feel like Mariah Carey is kind of going through that right now. Like, she's dropping a lot of trap-ish sounding stuff, a lot of pop-ish sounding stuff, a lot of current stuff. But every time she sings or does a live show, you can see how much it takes out of her. Mm -hmm. And she can like, you know, just to keep making money, just to keep shit going. She's going to keep on doing what she's doing and pandering, even though she could keep singing all the classics she made and have a residency in Vegas. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to just, you know, because we're talking again, we're rounding out the year and looking at the totality of hip hop. I tried to objectively put into words what I think the Cardi B effect is. And what I came up with is she's really shown how you because the whole, you know, black experience, whether you're African-American or some other background in America is one of survival. Right. So I feel like she's demonstrating how to survive and thrive. And, you know, she has a new Fashion Nova deal. She has this music competition show. I think it's called Rhythm and Flow that's starting so, on Netflix, yeah. which a lot of people were up in arms because she's a judge along with Chance and T.I. And they didn't feel like she was qualified. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, she bringing it back to her own characterization. I'm an entertainer who raps. That's what sticks with me. You yeah. know, if I had to just put it into one phrase, what's the Cardi B effect on hip hop? I'm an entertainer who raps. So the question is, how many more mm. potential? We already have seen some that haven't See. blown up quite as. But she created a lane, I guess, in hip hop for entertainers. For mediocrity. Who rap. For, yeah. uh, for complete and utter mediocrity. Just call a thing a thing. It's an effect, though. It's a game changer. Random question. Have any, have any of you ladies seen? I have not. The Black... Klansman movie with Denzel I Washington's son. I wanted, I to, wanted see to see it. it. I heard really good things about it. Yeah, me too. It. I, I can just never get my ass outside to a movie theater. Tis, tis. It's like <laughs> the, the carpet always stinks. The seats always smell like baby vomit. You know. I wanted to see the movie. I don't know if they came. I feel like they came out at the same time. The guy from, uh, oh God, Get Out. What was the name of that movie? He's like... It was like one of those, you know, abstract type films. I cannot remember his name, but he was the guy in Get Out that every time he oh, take a the, picture. Oh, the caller, the telemarketer thing? Yes. Oh, I sorry to, to bother you. Thank yeah, you. I wanted to see that I still want to see that. I heard that was And really one of good those too. like gorgeous girls that I just love is in it too. Um, yeah, Tessa. I, yeah, Tessa. Girl, 
Yeah, Tessa, like that's right. She was in that movie. A jar mm-hmm. of peanut butter. <laughs> All right. Amazing. I'm going to quiz them real quick. <clears throat> Do you guys remember? I'm going to the- fail. Let's see if anybody don't answer, guys. After they answer, if you're watching on live, do you remember the hullabaloo that Kendrick Lamar's verse on control caused the shockwave that it caused through hip hop? No, no, because I don't like Kendrick Lamar's. You voice. don't have to like Kendrick. I this was a big deal. I avoid what him at all say? costs. What he said. His Google it when y'all get home. Um, his verse was so crazy. It was during the BET cipher. Everyone else was kind of like playing their part, I would say, kind of like staying in their lane. I think Big Sean was in that particular cipher. And when Kendrick did his verse, he went in, he went crazy. He says, it's like sometimes, again, kind of like the Corinne Stephan thing. You got to do some crazy shit sometime to make your mark, right? And put your place in history. And he said in that verse, he was the king of New York, which caused a whole lot of fucking controversy. Just to say you're the king of New York and be a younger artist and then to be from the West Coast. I bring that up because I wanted to put that in everyone's mind just to kind of level set. Because we talked about the Cardi B effect, but I want to talk about the Sheether effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because... I, as I'm looking at how hip hop collectively reacted to it, and just to give y'all the date drop, February 24th, 2017 is when Sheether dropped. That's oh what it was God. compared to, that it sent the same, if not more, you know, a bigger shockwave through all of hip hop, but especially female hip hop, because there's nothing you can compare that to at all. A seven minute diss track. Seven minute diss and went all the way in and again it shook not just the content but people were brought into this it was like mm-hmm. people had to go on twitter and go on social saying no i did not sleep with Nicki minaj you know it was ebro it was trey songs mm-hmm. it was all types of allegations um her brother's court case like all this stuff was brought up in sheet and like you said it was seven minutes mm-hmm. it was over ether I don't know if I'm the only one who noticed this, but the fact that it was over Ether and Ether was a diss track to Jay-Z and Nikki has this kind of like mentor relationship with Jay-Z mm-hmm. and Kimber. They're both Sagittariuses and uh, that's something she spoke about before. Just there was a lot of little and, and, and we I think we touched on this briefly in a previous episode, but Nikki um, in a, one of her recent Queen Radio um, shows gave props to, to oh my god I almost said Nikki gave props to Remy um, for <laughs> Sheether yeah she said she did her thing I mean she didn't go on and you know really she gets on my last fucking nerve but what do you what is the Sheether effect if I'm you know I'm gonna let y'all define that what's been the Sheether effect since that dropped um well for one I just want to quickly address the whole Kendrick Lamar thing you know people love to just like disregard things and bypass things. Like every time black people get upset about us not being nominated for an Oscar, I always say, have we done anything Oscar worthy? You get mad about Kendrick Lamar saying he's the king of New York when he's essentially stepped in and stepped over all New York rappers at this point. How mad can you be? Um, The Sheether effect though, it's like, the fact that it's been a year already. I can't believe that. I haven't even, I'm just like, wow. 
almost um, two years just about like right so i mean i can't i don't know it's like <laughs> it was a seven minute diss track you know it probably got more plays on youtube than on the radio for that very reason i feel like remy kind of just shot herself in the foot um you know playing that game i don't really think there is a sheather effect really i feel like there was like a momentary blip you know it was like another beef and it definitely got people excited. Yeah, but then Nikki came out we and love just beef and him. Nikki just <laughs> came out and reminded Remy that she shot someone over like a couple grand and spent eight years in jail away from her son. Like that's all we need to hear at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't. I don't really feel like there's a sheather effect. If anything, at this point, that's where Cardi has an effect. Mm-hmm. The shoe throwing, like making beefs real, right? Because now we have the cash me outside girl wetting up the side of Iggy Azalea's head. Oh, my God. So if anything, that had more of an effect. Who are the white leaders in the white community (laughs) are addressing this? No one. No one. The white on white crime. (laughs) No one. (laughs) I just remember trying, trying to listen to Sheetha and it was really hard for me. I think when Nikki came out, you know, with her sort of diss track, it was more creative. I yeah, thought. and she had help. You know, not help like against Remy, but you had two other people on the track, yeah. so mm-hmm. kind of lost points for she that. She made it like a hit single. Like, hey, go play this in the club. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. we we need you to put on. She made like she got it. She got radio <sighs> plays. She made some money. She off made money of it. off of it. Like <laughs> she. I mean, I don't feel like Remy made that much of an impact. Like, it was cool to sit and listen to, um, you know, all the dirt and all the tea and, you know, deflated ass cheeks and all of that. That was interesting. But I was just kind of like, why at the end of the day? What is this really doing for you, girl? Nothing. Like, it's getting plays on YouTube, not on the radio. Like, it's so fucking long. You can't even. And then it was blocked. By Nas's the, folks, and that's the, just the she shade. didn't clear the the sample. Like you didn't even get an endorsement from Nas. You didn't get pardoned from Nas. It was Nas. like it Come was like now. a fabulous thing, right? Because like everybody follows his mixtapes, but he don't really have many albums. And this is what I mean. So it was kind of like it got artists. the it got the street cred and the street play, and it was hilarious. Wiz Khalifa said he didn't know about it until he came home, and his mom was playing it. See? Some people no. were like, "Hip hop's alive again." No, um, no. hip hop biggest fan said that. Um, back to Kendrick Lamar real quick. He stole that line from Corrupt of the Dog Pound. So I'm gonna have to look into that. But no, I think for me it didn't. Hmm. Okay. It had an effect momentarily, maybe, on hip hop. And it's something that's like a funny thing that, you know, there were thousands of me. Somebody did a first 48 sketch to it. I'm sorry. It was hilarious. Uh-huh. But long term, now that it's been almost two years, I feel like it just showed me. And I wasn't somebody, honestly, that followed Nikki that closely. But it made me pay attention to her being in a frame of mind. She just looked different after that. Because then all of a sudden she was connected with Nas. And I wondered, was that a dink or was like that already going on behind the scenes? It just happened. It seemed like right after Sheether, you saw her with Nas or maybe a few months later. I don't know. And, you know, then there was she just seemed um, shook. Like she seemed different from how she had presented mm-hmm. her before. It was like she was unflappable, untouchable. Mm-hmm. So to me, the Sheether effect wasn't so much on hip hop as it was on 
just the perception of Nikki and not because of anything Remy did, but because of how Nikki then started showing herself. She just didn't seem the same after that. Mm. I feel like it made her more vulnerable. I mean, definitely. and it's okay to be vulnerable if you're in control of it. I don't ever want to seem more vulnerable because of what somebody else said about me or did mm-hmm. to me, especially when I've always been like, can't be the baddest yeah, ever. Like and you know, can't nobody come for me. Shit. Like someone's just exposing you about your own mm-hmm. shit. Like, I don't know. In my mind, the hip hop industry, like most industries, is just one big orgy <laughs> behind a black curtain and everyone gets fucked at some point. So um, it just it just is what it is. But I definitely don't feel like there was a sheather effect. It was a blip. It was like something to talk about. And then, you know, the seven weeks went by and we talked about something else. Mm hmm. If anything, it just added to me to what people love to see, which is fighting drama between women. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm tired of seeing that. It's so old already. Like, we are so much better than Mm -hmm. that. Come on. And I mean, again, this just goes back to that Brooklyn shit. Like, everyone wants to claim Brooklyn and be up in arms about New York and Brooklyn or whatever else. But we got Fab doing going from being a charting artist to doing mixtapes mm-hmm. that get downloads on um, Dat Piff or whatever. Dat Piff! They used to and be my then, shit. Sorry. <laughs> and I then still got an account with them. We got Remy hustling backwards, <laughs> dropping diss tracks as though she wouldn't mind securing a couple, you know, 100,000 or however much she would get from getting plays on mm-hmm. the radio and it being a charting thing. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's like the tropical fantasy of hip-hop. Tropical fantasy. All right, well, then let's talk about, you said we can talk about something else. I don't want to chop up this person's name. So, Kimber, who's your pick this week? My pick for the week is Lady LaSure. LaSure, okay. I didn't want to say it the Lady wrong way. <laughs> Love her. Shout out to Lady LaSure. I wish Eartha Kitt was alive to just say her name one good time. I feel like she would deserve that. How would she say it? Like with a That's that who could play me. Arm. Eartha Kitt. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I would oh, die. Definitely Eartha Kitt. Well, no. When we went to that Lee Kelly 47 <laughs> party, you were kind of acting like Eartha Kitt a was little she? bit. Wait, little bit. Was she? What did she do? Drop what the tea. She had a Spill little it. bit of honey and she was just like, him, come on, let's <laughs> dance, honey. Let's show out. And I'm like, where is this coming from? I was having a Nas moment because I looked out this huge window and all I could see was the skyline of New York. And I, anyone knows me, I don't drink dark liquor. And I was just like, what would not? Let me have a Henny and Coke. I'm going to just have a moment right now. Then I ran into Chef Roble and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was a little Eartha Kittish. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Rocky Snyder. Rocky, and the Jay most Prob. adorable person. Yes, she looks like a a doll. Yeah, I need her <laughs> in my life and on our show, so I'm working on getting Marcus that. Darling. But um, back to Lady Leisure. Yeah, so I thought it was Lady Leisure. That's what I see, and I didn't want to say it go, the wrong way. And then I need you to <laughs> spell it the way Leisure is written, but to me, it's Leisure. She's and a UK artist. Yeah. Yes, from the UK. Grime. Right. Grime. 
um she came out like i don't even i don't want to say the wrong thing but she dropped like this viral video Mm -hmm. of herself freestyling in the uk um and then i think was that brush your teeth no, yeah. she came out with brush your teeth after, or was that brush your teeth? So I think she did a series. It was like called the Queen's Speech, mm-hmm. right? And right. She has the like Queen's a, Speech. Yeah. That yeah, was the she, first one where she's yeah. like walking through the streets, you know, killing it. And then she came with brush your teeth. I don't know. Like she's just a shit. Her flow is nasty. Mm-hmm. I think Super she's fast. dope. Yeah. I think she's. Dope. Is this someone that you've been listening to, or is this someone you discovered recently? Um, She's someone that I listened to momentarily and honestly forgot about um, because, you know, y'all know me. I'm just not in the loop like that when it comes to hip hop. It's never been my. um, It's just never been my shit. But when it comes to highlighting, um, you know, these women I feel like it's important to revisit certain people that have made somewhat of an impression, if not an impact on you. So that's why she's my pick. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's because I'm like her biggest fan or whatever. I wouldn't say that. I love to see hip hop though. That's from, you know, other, UK, other yeah. you know, all over the world and just see how much it's grown. In Absolutely. Terms of artists. So. Absolutely. It's awesome to see black women all over the world who are MCs. <laughs> it's everything. I I just I think she's like really ill. And, you know, again, just another ray of sunshine. I feel like that's just been a continual thing we've been doing in highlighting. And you know what's cool about her is she chooses not to curse in any of her lyrics like yeah that's a, she's like that's a, a big part that's a big part of what makes her unique you yeah know? so yeah so i mean like that's my pick that's my pick that's a good pick. lady leisure leisure <laughs> you're where it's at girl and i hope someday you get the accolades you deserve Yes. Any favorite songs? Because I was really feeling her song "Mode." Like that really got me. Which one? "Mode." "Mode" a is mood. a bop. "Mode" is a bop. I don't really have a favorite song. I just feel like all of her, um, all of her music is very consistent. Yes. In quality and energy. Yeah. So it's like much like "Baby Mother." It's just hard for me to single out one specific thing that I like more yeah. than the other. Like, I just feel like she just keeps hitting home runs. And she's so funny, too. Like, you know, she's very comical in her lyrics. Which yes, I love. very playful. Um, you know, she goes from that UK flow to like the patois. She's just the dance hall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, you know, she's just like she's just hope for a brighter day. Yes. Because with the bitches we got running the world now, I'm just. <laughs> weary so and it's l-e-s-l-e-s-h-u-r-r her instagram is i'm lady leisure l-e-s-h-u-r-r like ain't no way i could get leisure out of that so you know as i was thinking about all these really again game changers you know not particularly you know we could talk about people that are dope 
MCs or became actresses, what have you. But these women that we talked about today mm-hmm. have been game changers. It started in, you know, you talked about this, um, that movie. You had me watching it this morning, this old school movie with like Diane Carroll. Oh, my God. The sister, <laughs> sister movie. Sister, sister. What yeah, movie? Sister, it's sister. It's like from early, early 80s. It's incredible. It's called Sister, Sister. Diane Carroll, oh. um, Irene Cara, and Rosalind Cash, I think. Yep. And I just, I literally watched like the first 30 minutes as I was oh. getting ready this morning. But it's That's, like, that is not the time to I'm, be I'm watching. I'm going to finish it. it. But I wanted to, I was just curious. I'm like, because I'm, I'm a huge Diane Carroll fan. Mm-hmm. I, I have to watch Claudine every um, year well, for Christmas. But so, it was, I started thinking like, we talk about all these women, and, and I was like, do, sisterhood used to be like very prevalent, I feel like. In our culture, and I start as I'm thinking about all this, I'm like, I don't really see that, I don't feel that, I haven't heard it talked about, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it promoted. So, it begs the question is it something that even still exists? Do you guys think sisterhood is a thing, or is it just like not a thing anymore? Um, I'd say sisterhood is a thing, and it's it's um, it's a thing that comes with a lot of colors Mm. it comes in like a wide array there's that twisted sisterhood where it's like fucking hate you (laughs) and i only see you at christmas if not ever but should you need anything i'll be there Mm -hmm. or you know like you have sisters that are best friends and then you have friends that aren't you know related to you but they're there for you. They support you. Yeah. And what you do, you know, they don't like you'll never hear anything come back around about you um, from them. Right. Through someone else. You know, I, I definitely can say like I have one younger sister and we're very close. Um, she's like, you know, my polar opposite. But then we just have that commonality that, you know, like we're always vibing. But then I have amazing friends that I've had from anywhere from like four to almost a decade mm-hmm. um, that have just been down, you know, like I have friends that'll randomly text me and just be like, girl, I'm drunk right now, but I just want to tell you that I love you and I appreciate your friendship. I love those like, type of texts. Yeah. yeah. Like I do think it exists in the industry. Not so much. It's more of a sorority. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, know. that's right. It's more of a sorority for sure. Like yeah. there's cliques. I don't know. Culturally, um, to your point, there's two people that come to mind. Um, we don't look alike. Two mm-hmm. of us kind of look alike. Um, the three of us are really bonded, and I would consider them my sisters. Um, and then there's other. You know, not all your friends know each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have siblings. I have a cousin who's like my one of my best friends, and I would consider a sister. But I do feel like. As we were coming up in the struggle, mm-hmm. you know, it was even brotherhood, you know, it was like there was this if you saw another black person on the street, it was like, hey, sister, how you doing? Mm. Hey, brother. And I feel like that's missing. We've jumped into a different vibe where, you know, on one hand, it's good because there's color barriers broken. But on the other hand, we've gotten so far away because when I look at other ethnicities of color, particularly in the Latin Latinx community and it's Indians and 
Arabs even mm-hmm. in the Jewish community, there's still that kindred, mm. that sisterhood and brotherhood. And I feel like we jumped into the mainstream and I really don't feel like it's represented in our culture anymore. Well, I feel like after segregation, you know, when we we when things were segregated, mm-hmm. we as a people had our own shops, we had right. our own schools, we had our own everything. And so the community was very tightly knit. And now because we've gotten more mainstream mm-hmm. in a sense as a people, there's not that same need, I would say. I don't think people I don't think people think there is a need. Yeah. That's right. a good I'll way say to put it like it. that. <laughs> I'm not saying that there isn't, but I don't think it's something that is a necessity anymore. I agree. Even though I think it is for, yeah, our, for I do our too. culture in order yeah. for us to, you know, That's really how evolve. everyone else is thriving. Okay. And it's not that they're not connected to your point. There it's not like they're not connected to the mainstream, but yes. there's still that space yes. for their own, you know community, sisterhood, brotherhood, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. we've lost that. And I just think that's, it's like I'm mourning the loss of it, yeah. you know. I think it goes back to what Junie said. Like initially, you know, we needed each other. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, I still believe we'd be stronger mm-hmm. as a unified front. But um, in those particular times when we were just being violated and, you know, just completely disenfranchised from like the beginning of time, pretty much, you know, we needed each other and we depended on that sense of community. Mm -hmm. But now that we've gotten our air quotes for those that can't see freedom (laughs) and rights, we've been afforded somewhat a chance to explore what it is we really want and what we'd like for ourselves. Unfortunately for some people, those things are very reminiscent of slavery and slavery's impact. Mm. You know, there are those that want to be as close to what they consider upscale, which is white Mm -hmm. as possible. And then there are those that just can't help but be stuck in that infinite loop of fuck shit that comes with being traditionally black. You know, it's it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, I think um, to go back to something Junie said and and also to bring it back to Sister Soldier, you know, we may have had a lack of resources. But when we were segregated, you know, and you had to go to a school that was poor or lacking in resources, you still went to a school um, for the most part where the teachers actually cared about your welfare, how you represented yourself as a black person. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to what Sister Soldier said and um you know, you guys can check out her bio. Uh, I have a f- couple of videos on hip hop scriptures, but how you define power and her kind of raising the ring the alarm and saying, we don't have any power mm-hmm. until you can deliver resources for your people mm. as opposed to do, you know, she called out a lot of different black mayors at the time. She's like, they're doing the bidding of the white folks that are like in power and, and, and control the power structure. So from an African-American experience, it was like we were shut out of everything. And, you know, from the context of how do we continue to have that upward mobility and -hmm. thinking that integration was the way. And in a lot of ways it was and in a lot of ways it's hurt us because a lot of our kids are hurting and not being taught by people who want to, you know, that were kind of like, okay, well, you got to go teach in inner city to earn your stripes before you can move out to the suburbs type thing. And so they're not 
And we see that in the statistics when it comes to the the rate that our kids are expelled, suspended, put in special education. Yeah. Um, so just something for our listeners to think about, you know, um, where we made those trade-offs, where have we, mm. what have we lost? Um, and to bring it back to these powerful game-changing women, it makes me think about if you kind of bind together, if you're a game changer, like what you could really accomplish. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think now it's, we're seeing, we're seeing that people are more individualized and that's where we think our power will come mm-hmm. from. Right. That's if not we, an African way of thinking at all. If we stand out yeah. as an individual and we step away from our people, maybe then we can shine. And then later on, hopefully the idea is that you, reach back and right. bring your people up hopefully yeah, but then it's like at the same time we like i said we've been going through this thing where we've essentially been told who to be all our lives and even now as again air quotes free people you know we're still dealing with following trends and you know not exploring that individuality that we talked about earlier um so again it's like a lot of people wouldn't even be able to feel like they fit in with their community because we're just dealing with all of those different levels it's just that's something else she talked about and it it, i was like how i've heard this before i've struggled with it before i've watched (laughs) both extremes of it when she's like oh you know you got young kids this is back in i think late late 80s early 90s when she was being interviewed they think they have to talk like this way and dress this way mm-hmm. instead of us being able to be ourselves, our authentic selves, Exactly. talk how we want to talk. And we're still, you know, intelligent or what have you. And to me, it's really, it goes back to that question of power mm-hmm. because if it's not just about, well, if we own this, you know, then we don't have to worry about it. It's about if we're truly a part of this melting pot, being accepted for the way you represent yourself, how you wear your hair, how you speak without having to conform to the point mm-hmm. where you start to lose your identity. Right. Because, uh, you know, a lo- at least I've witnessed, you know, cut your hair if you, for the men, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. you want to get a good job, you cut your hair. Mm-hmm. You straighten your hair if you want to be, you know. So, if you want to be desirable. Yeah, and, and people love to turn a blind eye to this, but... How free, to your point, Kimber, are we if we have to still, I mean, it's changed in a lot of industries. We still have a long way to go. Um, One of the reasons I changed industries 10 years ago, but it's still true for some jobs and for some, and even in the military recently, you know, over the years, we've seen people saying, oh, you can't wear cornrows or you can't do this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. freedom really means being comfortable in your own skin and having some level of power uh, from a community standpoint. Yep. There's Mm -hmm. this amazing spoken word poet, which is rare of me to say, because I can't stand spoken word, but his name is Ibrahim Sadiq. Mm -hmm. And I remember him distinctly reciting one poem where he ended it by saying, if you want to keep someone enslaved, just convince them that they're free. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we're dealing with now. Powerful. Um, just on the regular. You know, we're under the impression that everything is good because, you know, we can swipe our Metro cards and make it home every night. Right. But then it's like, can't get decent food in your area. But there's plenty of liquor. Right. And there's plenty of other Fried shit. foods. 
Right. Like that in itself, like those underlying things, those things that we tend to overlook are also factors, you know? And like, I always say this, I noticed that black people, myself included, anytime we go somewhere, we're always very mindful of how loud our voices mm-hmm. are. We're always very mindful of who, you know, we're touching or too close to, um, like, you know, we'll be careful not to get in other people's way. Whereas people of other races, they just do whatever the fuck they want. Talk as loudly as they want, you know, fight in the street <laughs> with no concern and more often than not, no scrutiny. Yeah. Even our no kids, judgment. we're like, be quiet, you know, in the restaurant, mm-hmm. don't run around. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cause too much commotion exactly. or have people looking at you. And um, but then on the other hand, you know, we've had people completely comply with, you know, not being seen and ending up dead or in handcuffs. Exactly. So it's a twisted game. Mm-hmm. Twisted game. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> That's heavy. So my it's my turn for the lyric this time. And, you know, I feel like. In past times, we've each like shared a lyric that in some ways personified either us or what we may have been feeling at the moment. So I was going to do that. But you know how something just keeps kind of creeping up in your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why does this keep popping back in my head? It's not like particularly relevant to me at this particular moment in my life. But I guess it's because, you know, the theme um, the game changers because mm-hmm. this was a game changer. You guys will immediately recognize it, um, but it fits in with the conversation, the discussion today. And I just want to thank everyone that joined us on Instagram Live because you guys' commentary was really appreciated, and we appreciate the questions. Um, so my lyric: Pull up in the monster automobile gangster oh. with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm that. I'm in that Tonka, color of Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen conquer. Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brains. Then I'm going to start rocking gold teeth and fangs, which I have done on occasion. Oh, my Lord. I got video to prove it. Because that's what a motherfucking monster do. That last piece, because that's what a motherfucking monster do. I really feel like that applies to everyone we talked about today. And this was a game changer because as I forced myself to listen to this a couple of times last night, it was just no question. Everybody, all the guys on that, and she was the only woman on that song. I always were completely, completely outshined. um, I always give her during Monster. So, um, you know, for all our our burgeoning monsters out there. (laughs) Whatever it is you're doing, whether you're a seamstress, a teacher, an artist, a musician, a podcaster, (laughs) keep doing your monster shit. Um, So that's my lyric. That's our game changer. I like how you repurposed it and gave it actual meaning. The best artists just repurpose and... Take a little something from here, take a little something from there. Banksy, Banksy quote. (laughs) I see you. <laughs> Shout out to Banksy. Oh my goodness. Any um any additional lyric thoughts or holiday shout outs or general shout outs? Um my holiday shout outs are for those 
that smell good <laughs> in public. And for those that, like, I smelled sour milk on the train today. I'm just, you know, like this You've not weather, been having a good time on the train lately. At all. <laughs> and, you know, like, the MTA, which is, like, the biggest fuckboy corporation ever, has the nerve to ask us for another 25 cents. No. When I'm still breathing in, you know, mold and mildew and <laughs> sharing platforms with rats. But oh, whatever. God. Um... Yeah, and to all the quote-unquote bad bitches that think that hair, ass, and titties is all you need, when your titty sag, when your ass drops, or for those who have fake asses, when it solidifies and cements... um. Just let me know what else it is you plan to do. <laughs> That's it. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I just want to say that we're getting to December. It was our last month mm-hmm. of 2018. Gross month. Make it count. Make it count. But also, I like to use December to reflect on mm. everything that has been done you know, during this year and just reflect on the things that you have accomplished and give yourself credit for all you've done. You know, a lot of times we stress out and we're like, well, I haven't done anything and we get hard on ourselves. But there are things that each and every one of you, each and every one of us have have done successfully and have, have accomplished this year. So give yourself some credit, reflect if that's journal writing or just like a mental note, whatever it is. And then think about what you're going to do in 2019, honey. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new year. Oh, my goodness. I don't know, man. Like, this weather just makes me not even want to go outside. I can't even think about goals. <laughs> but I hope you ladies, you know, <laughs> strive and achieve and so on while I hibernate until summer. Oh, but, oh you know what? And also get some sunshine. I know it's hard because it's cold, but... These are the months that can lead to a lot of depression for a lot of mm-hmm. people. So, right? And so that's Sorry, real. Yeah, that's real. So just make sure you get some sunlight in the in the noon hours of the day. That's when sunlight. the sunlight. If you can. If you can. Yeah. If you can. And vitamin days. D because a lot of sickness um, and that what they call seasonal depression is um, caused by a lack of vitamin D. So yeah. I think that's what I need. I make sure need you take your vitamin D supplements. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or I'll, I'll get it like a supplement a or difference. a tanning lamp whichever. yeah that's what I was going to say there's, there's the, the there's that lamp that really helps you can just sit in front subject of it subject yourself so like to on a Amazon or something. cancer well I want to give a holiday shout out to um, our listeners and you know the new listeners and the listeners that have yet to come that will probably come while we are on our hiatus um, and a special shout out to, you know, everyone that's been following the journey with Poppin' Off Pink, which started fairly recently. Oh, my um, gosh. Very appreciative of the support, your listening, your sharing and things like that. Um, I would say on a personal note for myself and everyone listening, really be mindful as you reflect on your resources mm. um, and where you're putting your resources. And a, a, a phrase I've been hearing more and more, I've heard of it before, but I'm hearing more people use it. Your ROI, your return on investment. Um, because, you are the bag. Shout out to Yeah, Patsy. there's different things that we either have to do or we choose to do. 
and it takes up a certain amount of resources and energy and time mm-hmm. and commitment and creativity. Um, so yeah. just be mindful of that and think about as you go into 2019, like what makes sense for my goals? Um, where do I have the most ROI? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, next the next come up.com. Hey. Hey. And what's Can worth I my buy time? a come up on the next come up.com? <laughs> the next come up.com is an awesome TV show that's produced in Queens by a fabulous woman. Um, and she highlights a lot of folks across the entertainment world. So everything from actors to musicians to you name it. Um, so shout out to you. Well, someone's got to do it. Yeah. Shout out. Shout and out. take care of yourself, um, you know, not just physically, but like emotionally. I know Thanksgiving is the one holiday everyone focuses oh on that people God. argue, but you never know. Um, and sometimes we go to meet other people's family during this time or we're seeing mm-hmm. people we haven't seen in a long time. So just take deep breaths if you get into any conflict. There's always <laughs> no when to walk outside and things like that. And you know, whenever you can spend that good time with people who really do, you know, bring out the best in you and appreciate you. So we are signing off uh, for episode seven and we'll see you guys in the new year. Bye, hoes. <laughs>